Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday, September 22nd, 2023. Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 308. I'm stoked it's Friday, you guys. I got coffee. I got iced coffee. I got, you know, great guests. He's got a great word. It's just great. It's going to be great. Um, if you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to give us a follow. Uh, follow the Elijah Fire podcast over there and give us an honest review. You guys have been absolutely delivering on that. Um, great, very kind reviews as well. And that really helps us out. So we appreciate you. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Um, also, anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, um, that really keeps all of this afloat. Uh, make sure that we still have jobs, all that stuff. You guys have been so generous and that allows us to expand uh, with the well efforts, all the amazing stuff. So we're going to play a quick video just in case you don't know what we're talking about and then we're going to get going. Every day, people in Africa are faced with an impossible decision. Dirty water or no water at all. No one should have to make that choice. Together, we can help by providing clean water wells. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. All right, and I've been making this announcement all week, but I wanted to remind you that tomorrow, 9-23-23, that's Saturday, September 23rd, 2023, we are re- launching on all of our podcast platforms. Um, the next teaching series that we did with Kelsey called Living from the Spirits, four parts that drops tomorrow, all four episodes. Uh, so if you have already seen it or listened to it, uh, or you have not at all, it's a great, great thing to revisit or visit for the first time. Um, it's, it's a great resource, especially for those who are maybe younger in their walk. Um, and, uh, the spirit is very active in that series. So whether you're a seasoned believer or a new believer, um, it's still great. So check that out. That drops tomorrow. Very exciting. Very exciting indeed. So, um, all right. So my guest today, uh, for those who don't know, he's an author, he's a prophet. Uh, he's also a Christian content creator. Let's give it up for our guest today, Troy Black. Troy Black. Hello, my friend. Hey Jeff, how are you, man? Good, 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 good. Welcome back to Elijah Fire, dude. And thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh we we have a we have a window. We've got to operate and we're gonna sprint. All right. Okay. We're gonna go for it. <laughs> um, but you know, we titled this episode Expect This by Christmas, which is a reference to a word the Lord gave you. So I'm gonna let you jump into the word because I know you want to kind of go through the word first and then kind of break it apart. So let's jump in, dude. Yeah, man. So this is a word I heard uh, actually way back in February uh, of this year, I believe, or actually February of 2022. Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. It could be 2023. I think I wrote it down wrong. But but I heard it a while back, uh, whichever one it is. Um, but, but the Lord said, expect this by this next Christmas. And so that was something that, uh, the Lord said in the word, but before I share the actual word, 
Um, you know, I get confused on the year all the time, 2023, yeah. 2023. I just like my brain. Anyways, before I share the word, I do want to share this briefly for people that may not be as familiar with prophecy, um, prophetic words, words of knowledge, things like that. These are just a, a couple scriptures real quick. This is 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 through 21. It says, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good. And then 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. So prophecy itself should be tested. And one of the best yeah. ways to test that is just to line it up with the scripture and see, is this message lining up with what the word teaches? And then another way to test it is obviously look at the results. If, it, if there's a word of knowledge and there's a timeline involved, look at, hey, was this fulfilled? Was this fulfilled in a way I didn't expect? You know, and then if uh, there's a big question mark there, just ask the Lord, you know, and the Lord will yeah. bring confirmation or he'll bring clarity. Um, and then yeah. also you can just ask the Lord when you hear something, Lord, is this something for me to listen to or not? You know, some words are meant for a specific people group or specific people in a certain season, um, and they may not apply to everyone, you know, but the Holy Spirit's the one that wants to give us that uh, the application revelation, you know, and show us like, hey, this is for you. And man, I've heard so many words in the past where I'm like, oh, I don't need to listen to this. And then the Lord says, no, this is for you right uh-huh. now. And I'm like, Same. okay, all right, I got it. Yeah. You know, and then it really hits home and, and it applies to my life in that season. So just want to share that up front. Any word that I share, please pray about it. Run it, run it by the Lord in prayer. See what the Lord has to say about it. Yeah. Um, but this is the word that I actually heard. I, I heard the Lord say, my mercy and grace are all over you during this season. And then I heard him say, rest, trust, rejoice in my goodness. And I believe that this is an actual, just an invitation uh, to all believers. Um, and then I began to see this vision from the Lord, okay? And sometimes I'll see strange things, and I'll have to ask for an application. Um, and, I, and I believe I got a very specific one uh, about this vision that I'm going to be sharing in a little bit. But what I saw was I saw this vision of these reindeer that were flying in front of a sleigh, like pulling a sleigh, kind of like you know pointing to Christmas time that season. Uh-huh. Um, and then I specifically saw that they were connected by a harness. And I believe that this is that's actually pretty critical. Um, and what I heard was, I heard the Lord say, by this next Christmas, hearts are going to soar again. Mm. And then I heard this uh, this uh, phrase, I will make you laugh again if you approach my throne with confidence as a child would. And then he said, trust what I'm doing for you in this nation. This is a national word. And so I believe this is a specific part of the word uh, that applies to the United States. Now, I don't think the whole word only applies to the U.S., uh, I believe that uh, any believer or any person that the Holy Spirit confirms us to, that it, it can apply to you. But I believe there's a part of this word of knowledge that's going to apply to the United States. And then I heard the Lord say, a word of triumph for my people, uh, an overcoming and reigning of the righteous. And then he said, when righteousness reigns, people rejoice. Laughter can be heard across the nation. And then I heard this word, strange reunion of people that have been separated from their families and friends. A time of separation has come to an end. And I didn't know at the time what that had to do with the rest of this. I wasn't sure even what that meant, um, but, but I believe the Lord gave me some uh, clarity about that. And then the Lord said, a sign is happening in July that will point to this and make it clear moving forward what this word is about. Hmm. And so... I got to the end of July and I prayed and I said, Lord, what was this sign that you were talking about? Right. So th- that was this past July. And the Lord specifically answered that question for me. And I'm going to be sharing that answer in a little bit and sharing that sign as well. Um, but yeah, so just going back to the start, 
that first thing I heard, my mercy and grace are all over you during this season. Rest, trust, rejoice in my goodness. I mean, this is like, um, this is, this is idea is just all over the scripture. If you go read the Bible, it's, it's all over. It's not only in the new Testament, it's in the old Testament as well. Uh, you know, in the old Testament, God says, uh, cease striving and know that I am God. Right. And, and then, uh, the word of God talks about, uh, you know, uh, Jesus talks about, um, uh, if you didn't know, uh, don't you know that I desire mercy, not sacrifice, right? It's this idea. And that's, he's referencing the old Testament. It's this idea of, uh, us not earning God's favor, not working to please God, but rather mm-hmm. resting and trusting in what God has said and what God mm-hmm. has done. Now, a lot of times that rest and that trust out of that place, there is work, you know, that comes out of there. There are good works, you know, that come from that. Right. But that God is always initiating a conversation with us that starts with us deciding to trust him and saying, yes, it's just a simple yes. I mean, think about the prodigal son coming home, you know, like that was a, a, a step in the right direction, but it was just a step. He didn't make up for all the things he had done. He didn't come back and earn and say, hey, I earned all that money back. And now here you go. I, I can give it back to you or whatever it was. You know, it's like, no, he just came home. He just took a step toward the father. And a lot of times the answer that we need is on the other side of that step. You know, like yeah, I'm going to choose on. to trust you today. That's good. And that it's going to start with trust right there. Yeah. And then I'm going to find my answer that I need. That's good. Um, so I, I saw that vision of the reindeer flying in front of a sleigh. They were connected by a harness. And I heard by this next Christmas, hearts are going to soar again. So I'm going to, I'm going to explain that, that vision in a second. But if God is saying that hearts are going to soar again, you, you know, the first thing that that means to me is that, hearts are not soaring right. in some yeah. cases right now and hearts are actually weighed down. And this is what I was preparing for this today. And I sense from the Lord that some people need to hear this. It's okay. If your heart is weighed down, hmm. it's okay. If you're in that place, it's okay to admit when you're in that place too. Hmm. You you don't have to be the shining example of what a quote unquote Christian is supposed to look like. You can be honest. Yeah. You're never actually going to be the shiny example. I mean, maybe in certain areas you'll have those moments where you can point to, but but to expect that from yourself 100% of the time, you know, it's like, yeah, I, mean, I think that's really good, Troy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not over-expecting. What it is is it's, it's misdirecting your expectation because our, our expectation of the shiny example is Jesus, right? Like he's the shining example. But when mm-hmm. we when we misdirect it to ourselves, we think, well, I got to have it all together all the time. Think about this. When Jesus was in the garden, did he have it all together? No, dude. I mean, he was like, he was, he was even like, you know, going to his disciples who kept falling asleep. He's like, can you like, basically like, can you, can you not stay awake for, I mean, he needed to know. I, I feel like in that moment, especially his flesh needed to know that there are other people praying with him, right. you know, like, yeah, it was too much for him to bear. Yeah, it was too much, and yet he is the perfect example. That means it's okay <laughs> mm-hmm. when you run into that wall. You know, uh, we're 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 not even at that place like Jesus was, but it's like it's okay, you know. And the answer, obviously, you know, is hey, God does He doesn't want you to be in denial about where your heart is, you know, but He always wants you to bring that back to Him. You know, Psalms three three says that He's the lifter of our heads, right? And our our heads are only weighed down, and and you know our heads are only looking down if our heart is weighed down. Mm-hmm. 
Like that's that's an issue that God wants to address. And it's okay if the issue doesn't get addressed right away. You know, I think sometimes, you know, I come into the presence of the Lord and say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. It's This has been a hard season for these reasons, right? And then I feel better, right? And then I, I you know, it's like I get up and I go do something and it's like, man, I, I feel, you know, it's like I feel that same weight again. And I'm like, man, I must have done something wrong, right? I must have not have like, you know, like, and the Lord is saying, no, it's just an invitation. Just keep coming into my presence. Just keep co- taking that step. Just keep coming back. You know, it's not that you're doing something wrong necessarily when that happens. It's that you're going through something that's difficult. Mm. And that's, everybody goes through difficult things. Yeah. Yes, and they I do. the church is going through a difficult season right now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they have been for a couple of years now. Right. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, <laughs> the Lord doesn't want to leave us there. He doesn't want to leave us alone in that space. He wants to help us and he wants to be the lifter of our heads. But we need to recognize, hey, this is the season we've been in, and it's okay, and we are going to make it through this with the Lord's help. God right. Is gonna, God is going to change this this season. Yeah. Um, so this is Isaiah forty twenty seven. This is what the Lord says. He's addressing this issue. He says, what do you say, Jacob, and you assert Israel? He's talking to his chosen people here, right? And he says, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. And some people are feeling that right now. Like, God, this is not fair. Or the justice that, that is due me is escaping me right now, mm. right? Like, and you're not even thinking, you're not, you don't even see it. You're not even noticing it. And then, and then verse 28, he says, Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? Why is he saying this? Uh, when I get tired, I start forgetting things so fast. Oh, things yeah. start falling through the cracks. You know, Leslie, Leslie, my wife Leslie's like, "Did you stop at the store and pick up the diapers?" And I'm like, "Oh no!" You know, and she's like, <laughs> "Well, at least you filled the tank with gas, right?" And I'm like, "No, I forgot." You know, and she's like, "Well, at least You're like that was what I was about to go do." Funny you should say that. You know, she's like, "At least you did this thing, right?" And I'm like, "No, I didn't do that either." You know, like I missed everything. Like, and it's just I'm tired, right? God doesn't get tired. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't miss one thing. And that's what the Lord is saying here. Like, he, he, he's saying uh, he does not become weary or tired. And then he says his understanding is unsearchable. He understands everything hmm. in ways that we literally can't even understand. We can't even begin to understand. Verse 29, he gives strength to the weary and to the one who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So what? why is it addressing vigorous young men and youths right here? Why is it addressing uh, people that should be uh, not getting as tired, right? It's because it's saying like everybody's going to get tired. And if you're trusting in your own strength to make it through, eventually it's your strength's going to fail you no matter how strong you are. And it's not just talking about physical strength here. It's talking it's using that as a metaphor for your strength in your in your soul, your mental strength, your spiritual strength, like every area of your life, you know, eventually your strength is going to fail you. And what what does uh, the New Testament say it says in our weakness in my weakness his strengths are made perfect. So the answer to that failure of strength is to turn it over to him. Hmm. Is is to come and give up to him. Say, I okay, I give up. <laughs> yeah. 
I need your, your, your strength to come in and to, to help me through this. And, you know, there's that, idea, it says, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. This is interesting, okay, because waiting upon the Lord sometimes feels like a burden, at least for me. I don't know if anyone else. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> feels that way. Yeah. You know? And it's like, um, Lord, I know you told me to wait upon you, you know, but there's got to be a faster answer, right? Uh, have you ever tried like downloading software to fix something? We were just talking about this about my mic earlier because I've been having mic problems. But, you know, like for, firmware and stuff, you ever tried downloading something to fix something? You go to like 15 different websites and it takes all night and you just it's not working. And then finally, you know, you read an article where it says like, oh, yeah, your computer can't run that software. And that's yeah. the problem. You know, it's like, like oh, there yeah. is no answer to it, you know. Yeah. And it's like all of that time and energy wasted, you know, and I was working so hard and I kept thinking I had the, you know, the, the breakthrough happening and then it wasn't happening. And we're looking for that instant, you know, fix that. Oh, if I just if I just download this right thing, you know, God, if you just give me the answer, then it's fixed. The answer is not always found in the answer. The answer sometimes can only be found in the waiting. It's hmm. good. And sometimes the only way to understand and to receive that strength is to wait with him. Hmm. There, there is no short answer sometimes. <laughs> sometimes the only answer is you just got to sit here with me. Yeah. What I think too, a lot of that is, it's like, I feel like whatever you're going through with the Lord, I find with myself, it's coming to the end of myself, whatever it is, because you can, you can grab a hold of that concept. Okay. I'm supposed to die to myself, but then it has to then be applied to multiple different avenues within your life where you're like, Oh, Another area of my life just got revealed to me where I haven't fully surrendered to the Lord. Oh, okay. And then you have to walk through that process. And then another thing and another thing and another thing. And I, I wish it was just this. I mean, look, I'm sure there's some weirdos, weirdos in a good way, weirdos out there where they're like, oh, I just instantly surrendered to the Lord. But a lot of times I find with those people, they, they've come from really extreme backgrounds and it's very easy for them because they're like, they know how desperate they were for the Lord as in mm. like, I mean, it's very easy to see like a stark contrast, but even they have to wa- still walk through stuff. So I, I don't right. even think that that was like an accurate thing for me to say, but um, yeah, I, 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 it's funny, Trey, I was thinking about this exact same, this exact thing of just like, it really is like we add nothing to our salvation. Like Jesus is the one that paid the price for everything. And I think that, you know, there's so often when, if we're not careful, we can fall into these ruts where we realize we're still like, we've still got one hand on the steering wheel, you know, mm. just like, no, God, I trust you. Go for it. You're like, but I, please don't, please don't make a hard right. I feel like you're going to make a hard right. So I have my hand on the steering wheel so you don't, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's so good, Jeff, man. That, that picture I got of the reindeer, right? Like I could see the harness. I wasn't sure exactly why I was yeah, looking I'm curious at about the harness. harness. Yeah. Um, but I believe the Lord, because the Lord asked me to talk about uh, under the new covenant, the idea of his yoke, right. Okay. And his burden being now a blessing. And it always really was, but it is, it's so evident in the new covenant in the new Testament that it's a blessing. You know, the reindeer 
uh, part of the word I got had to do with righteousness reigning, right? And there's two different reigns there. One is R-E-I-G-N, when somebody reigns or something's, you know, there's a, a you know, somebody ruling. Uh, but then there's the reign, which is R-E-I-N, uh, when it involves like a horse or a reindeer, right? Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. That reign has to do with a harness or like something that it's like a yoke, essentially. So, something that is controlling the direction that somebody, some something goes. Right? Right. And the idea there is, you know, Jesus says, uh, and, and I'm just going to read it, um, but Jesus says this in Matthew eleven twenty five. He says, it says, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Uh, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son determines to reveal him. So there's that idea right there. It's like Jesus is the only way. You know, we are not coming. We're not pleasing God. We're not coming in into His presence except for through Christ and what He has done for us. Mm-hmm. But then look at what Jesus says. So you know that there's that process of like in our minds where we go, well, to come to the Father through the Son, it's going to take all these things. You know, and but the the word that I I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit today is simply take that first step. Just come. Mm-hmm. You know, and He's not just talking to unbelievers here. He is. He's talking to believers too. Whatever you've allowed to separate yourself from the presence of God or from the plan of God or purpose of God, whatever it is, or just from that intimacy, just take that first step. And this is what Jesus says in verse 28. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's good and stuff. Then, and then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That yoke means we're saying, hey, you, I'm, you put your harness on me now. You tell me which way to go. Take my yoke upon, upon you and learn from me. That means we're, we're, we're humble and we're willing to learn. We're saying, Lord, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do. You tell me. You show me what to do. For I, and he says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. I love this because it's not, this is not like, uh, you know, I, I, I made a funny, uh, um, I, I put out a funny video recently on my Troy Ghost Fishing channel that's like a satire video. Oh, no, I haven't posted it yet. Uh, I'm going to post it soon. There's a satire video all about like the law of Moses and stuff and like, you know, follow, trying to follow the law today. You know, someone who's trying to do that. Anyways, and I take that verse and I misapply it on purpose to make a point. But it's the verse where Paul says, is God concerned with oxen? Right. Like, you know, he's like, don't muzzle the ox while he's threshing is the verse. He's like, is God concerned with oxen? You know, and he's like, no, he's concerned about us. Right. And so I, I misapply it and I say, what this verse means is you're not supposed to muzzle the ox. You're supposed to beat that thing until it gets all its work done. Like keep beating it, keep beating the ox, you know? And it's like, that is the opposite of what Jesus has said he will do. Mm-hmm. He said, when, as soon as you put my yoke upon you, he says, I am gentle and humble in heart. I'm going to give you rest. Like this is the kind of master that we serve. This is the kind of God that we serve. Mm-hmm. And he says, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. So I, I did a word study one time on the, you know, because I'm like, can, is his yoke really comfortable? Is it really light, right? Like I did a word study on it. Yes, that's exactly what it means. This is not like a mistranslation. This is not an exaggeration. It actually, the wording behind there actually means comfortable or easy. Easy. Like it's not 
It's not comfortable and hard. It's comfortable. It's easy. Like that's what he's talking about here. It's light. It's because it's his strength that comes upon us, the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit that come upon us. And that's why it's easy for us because he's lifting the heavy weight. Mm. Like that's it. That's it right there. But it takes that, you know, what does he say? Uh, well, okay, that prophetic word I heard. He said, I will make you laugh again if you approach my throne with confidence as a child would. Yeah, I love that. The confidence comes from uh, there's nothing that I could do, but Jesus has already done everything to welcome me in. I'm welcome in because of the blood of Jesus that's never going to change ever, never going to change. Nothing that I, no mistake I've made has has restricted me from the presence of God or the throne room of God. Why? Because the blood of Jesus still covers me, everything. You know, it's covered all my sins, past, present, and future. But look at what Jesus says here. He's talking about the infant, right? He says, you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. So there's this, there's this decision we have to make when we come to him to say, I don't know, <laughs> but you know, mm-hmm. you know, Lord, you know, you know the answer and your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I'm going to surrender And I'm going to believe you even when it feels foolish, even when it feels silly. I'm going to trust you. And there's, and and Jeff, I'm sensing there's people listening right now or listening to this after the fact. Um, This is just what the Lord is showing me. There's people listening where you're having a hard time trusting uh, prophecy in general. You're having a hard time trusting prophetic words because you're saying to yourself or, or you're hearing these thoughts that are saying, that sounds too good to be true. Yeah. And... I, I, this is what I sense the Lord saying. A lot of my word sounds too good to be true as well. Mm-hmm. If you really read what the scripture is saying, how I, I just sense the Lord saying, how many times do I make promises that sound too good to be true? Mm-hmm. And this is the difference between what a child gets to receive, what an infant gets to receive versus what, a learned and a wise adult gets to receive from me is what I hear the Lord saying. Hmm. We can make ourselves like children again. We can, we can, that means having yeah. a childlike faith. doesn't mean we act ignorantly. doesn't mean we, you know, are naive. Talk like just, babies. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean we throw intelligence out the window. It just right. means we have a childlike faith mm-hmm. that even if my intelligence says it's foolish, even if my friends say it's foolish, even if my degree says it's foolish, it doesn't matter if God says it, I'm going to believe it. It's mm. good, man. Mm. This is a, this is amazing to me, uh, Jeff. This verse uh, is uh, this is Matthew 12. Okay, this this is so cool because this is something the Lord's been showing me recently, personally. Like this idea of you know children having this innocent spirit, and I think it's based on what I know of scripture, it's easy for me to understand that God and believe that God makes us holy. He makes us righteous through what Jesus did. But if you ask me if I was innocent because of what Jesus did, I I might have a harder time saying yes to that. Because I'm like, well, what about all of the things that I've walked through? You know, Mm -hmm. like, what about all the mistakes I made? What about you know, like that idea of like having this childlike innocence. And I mean, we have a, a eight month old right now, Hallie, and, you know, she cries, she hits people, you know, like she does things, but she's so young that it's like, oh, she's innocent. She doesn't know what she's doing. You know, like mm-hmm. she's innocent. 
Uh, but she has this innocence about her, you know, and she's extremely sweet too at the same time. But it's just like, when when she's hungry, she's gonna she's gonna yell and scream. If my nine year old yells and screams while she's hungry, I'm gonna be like, no, you're not allowed to do that. You know, we've talked eight, about this. Yeah, <laughs> right, my eight month old. I'm like, you need to talk to me. You know, but my yeah. eight month old, I'm like, it's not your fault that you're doing mm. right. It's like you. There's an innocence there, uh, and this this is amazing to me. Okay, this is Matthew twelve five through seven. Jesus is responding to the religious leaders where they got onto his disciples for picking grain on the Sabbath, and then they get onto him for healing somebody on the Sabbath. And Jesus says, uh, I say to you, something greater than the temple is here, but if you had known what this means, I desire compassion rather than sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. What does Jesus say about his, his disciples He says, and his followers? He says, the words that I, you're already clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. See, when Jesus cleans you up, you're more, you're, you're not just righteous in his eyes. You know, I think, I think sometimes it's easy to go, well, God sees all the sin and he just calls us righteous, you know, despite that, right? It's like, no, God restores your righteousness yeah, come on. that you had to start with when he designed you, you know, before you were even born. Like God restores that completely and he restores your innocence. Mm-hmm. These guys weren't innocent technically, Right, I mean, his disciples weren't weren't technically innocent. Now right. he was obviously right. he was innocent, but it's like Jesus is saying, "Don't condemn the innocent," and they're but they're innocent now. He's saying because Jesus was here and because they've been cleaned by His words. Hmm. Now they're innocent. They weren't innocent before He showed up, right? Yeah. But but it's like that idea of innocence is so pure and it's so just like it feels untouchable sometimes, right? But that's how God sees us as his church. Mm. Yeah. Something that I um, just really quick that popped into my head when you were talking about this, about a kid and, you know, the difference between your, you know, your what, six or nine month old. I can't remember. Um, eight month old. Yeah. Eight-month-old, uh, right. Right in the middle. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. Versus your, your nine year old. Uh, and there's a difference, but specifically you know, your eight month old, not knowing any different. And, and there was a guy I was listening to give a a message and he was talking about how we, how we treat ourselves and talking about children and, and, you know, all the parallels within, you know, scripture with, um, you know, Jesus talking about kids and unless you have faith, like a child, all these things. And he said, one time I was out working in the garden and my daughter was one year, she was just one. Um, and she saw me weeding out in the garden and she loved doing things with me. She was a total daddy's girl and she's watching me for a bit. And she immediately, she goes over to uh, some daffodils or something that were in the garden and she grabs them and just yanks them out of the ground. Okay. Obviously that's not weeding in her mind. She was seeing something and she loved her dad and she wanted to help her dad. And, and she was going out there and it really, and he's like, is what she did a sin and we're like no i mean like she was out there she was trying to help you and in her her infant brain you know she was she grabbed uh flowers and she pulled them out thinking that they were weeds because she didn't fully understand what was happening but her her desire was to please you her desire was to help you and it really actually shifted my focus in just mistakes um and how god views mistakes because i think there's been a lot of parable or parallels and Jesus, you know, um, 
you know, talking about mistakes in, in the New Testament even. And looking at like, okay, well, a, a father, a good father on this earth wouldn't look at their daughter pulling out flowers when she should only be pulling out weeds and be like, how dare you? You know, you're, that's it. You know, never again. Everything's ruined. Shame on you. I'm going to make you feel shame and embarrassment for the rest of your life. No, no, no father would do that. Okay. But right. they're imperfect. Okay. Fathers on earth, imperfect. But even then he didn't treat her that way. He got her heart's intent, right? Right. How much more is God going to treat us, you know, when we, when we do make those mistakes and we come before him and we're repentant and we're all these things. Anyways, I just felt like mentioning that. I think that was going to speak to somebody, but yeah, I just thought it was a good, good illustration. Yeah, man. I just, I'm getting a word that's the, the Lord is like running with that idea, Jeff. I just, I'm getting a word for some people listening that you're looking at the dead flowers in your life and the Lord is telling you it's okay mm. to move on. Wow. It's okay. I hear the Lord saying, I'm bringing life out of dead things. Mm. The, you know, the flowers that you uprooted on accident. Mm. Man. Yeah, that's good. This is what John, uh, 1 John 3, 1 says. It says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Hmm. That is what we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh. <laughs> there's so much more meaning to that. You know, like, I mean, honestly, Jeff, we could probably tell stories all day long of, of it, it, describing what that means. You know, like the picture that God is painting through that, like idea. It's so, it's so good. It's hmm. like, <laughs> Uh, anyways, but yeah. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I got that. I got that word about the sign, right? You know, like the sign happened in July. July. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, man, and I, I'm going to read the rest of this in a second, but, uh, I was, I started th thinking to myself, like at the end of July, right. I was looking at this word and I'm reading over it and I'm thinking like, uh, yeah, like, man, it's gonna be hard to figure out what that sign was. Right. You know, like that had to do with this. Um, and as soon as I said, Lord, could you show me what that was? Immediately something popped into my mind, like immediately. And I went and I Googled it. So this is the rest of the word. The Lord said, uh, trust what I'm doing for you in this nation. Uh, this is a national word, a word of triumph for my people and overcoming and reigning of the righteous. When righteousness reigns, people rejoice. Laughter can be heard across the nation, and I believe that that is re probably referring to Proverbs twenty nine two. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when a wicked person rules, people groan. Right? And I'm not I'm not saying anything specific, you know, involving that verse. I don't know exactly what that means, um, but I I do believe that this is what the Lord has been speaking. Um, and this is uh this is the next thing I heard. Strange reunion of people that have been separated from their families and friends. A time of separation has come to an end. Right? And so I was like, man, this doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the word. But this is what popped into my head as soon as I said, Lord, what, what, this was end of July. I'm like, Lord, what was the sign that was supposed to happen? And I know this sign is just for me. You know, this is not a confirmation for anybody else because I'm the only one that knew about the word ahead of time. Right. But for me, this was a confirmation that, that the Lord was speaking, you know, and as soon as I prayed that prayer, the sound of freedom film popped into my mind. Like immediately. Not in July. Yeah. Immediately. And I was like, and so I, I typed it in. I was like, when did, when did the sound of freedom come out? You know, and it, it came out July 4th. Mm. 
And here's the, here's the sign that I believe was occurring was independently, you know, or an independent filmmaking company compared to the big Hollywood studios and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, obviously got picked up a little bit after that, but it's like, they did not expect that film to do as well as it did. Not near as well. No, it, it shocked people. There was, it's uh, still making a killing at the box office. Right. Like yeah. It, 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 it did insanely well compared to what they expected. Mm-hmm. And I believe that it was a sign, not just to Hollywood, but to the nation and even to the body of Christ that we have a voice, not just as conservatives, you know, but as Christians, we have a voice and that God is not done with this nation. God's not done with this country. And the specifically, I believe that that the strange reunion of people have been separated from their families and friends, time of separation come to an end. I believe this has to do with trafficking that word. And this is something that the Lord is fighting against. And we know that the Lord is fighting against it, right? We know that as Christians, we need to be fighting against it. But this idea of, uh, what's happening by Christmas, you know, like, I don't, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but I do believe that it has to do with that idea, what the, the topic that the film was about. And I believe maybe we're going to see something, you know, and that now this is me attempting to interpret this word, you know, in this timeline. Maybe so this, we'll this right here is not a prophetic word. This is more just you thinking and processing. Right. So I just want to, the prophetic yeah. word. Um, we're going to have honestly to see what exactly what it means. We're going to have to wait and see. Right. Yeah. Uh, and look at it after the fact, but this would be my guess at what it could mean. Maybe a it could it could potentially refer to a law or legislation being passed. It could refer to a rally cry um, heard throughout the United States against this issue of trafficking. You know, it could refer to something specifically happening in the news involving it. You know, another thing like uh, Sound of Freedom, something like that. So I don't know exactly what it means, uh, but I believe this is something uh, that we are going to be seeing. And I know, uh, I don't know if y'all, you're aware, Jeff, but I know pushback has been raised just the last couple of days against the director of the film. I don't know if the allegations are true or not. I have no idea. Um, but it wouldn't shock me. It would not shock me if they weren't true, um, simply because obviously we know that this is a movie and this is a, a something that the devil is not happy with, right? And here's the right. crazy thing about it is, What's honestly what shocked me about this film the most has been some of the responses I've seen that have been negative responses. And it's like just that idea of this people saying, oh, well, this is, really isn't an issue and this isn't something we need to worry about. You know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, the, I got the, strong the, opinions about those types of opinions on on this. Right. Yeah, the lines yeah. are being drawn. so clearly black and white you know there's like it's like it's the the line is very very clear you know and and i think if we're not careful as christians now i now i'm not advocating for you know treating people mistreating people i'm not advocating for you know uh responding in a way we shouldn't respond, right? We, right? we still need to love people with the love of Christ. We still need to preach the gospel. We still need a light to the world. But we also need to stand up for what's right. And uh, w- what we need to be aware of is not getting caught up with the cultural view of something uh, so much that we miss what God is saying about it. That's good. And, you know, I've, I've, had, to, I've had to remove some of my quote-unquote favorite actors or actresses you know, I've had to remove them from my, oh, yeah, I really like uh, the stuff that that person does list. You know, like, 
based on some of the things that they've said, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've had to go, oh, no, I don't support that person anymore, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. And I'm not saying it's wrong to go watch a film or something like that. Right. But it's like um, this, you know, uh, James talks about um, the idea of being friends with the world. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Now, we should be a light to the world and we should we should love people that are in the world. But that doesn't mean that we have to say yes to everything that they do. Right. right. And it doesn't mean we have to support everything that they support. Right. And I just one example specifically is like, I mean, just look at like Jim Caviezel, you know, he's in the film, uh, uh, sound of freedom. Just look at, look at his, uh, career in Hollywood. And after some of the things he started supporting some of the films he, he decided to be in, I mean, it's been hard for him to get work in Hollywood, you know, like he is, he is not casted very often you know, and for the level of actor that he is, I believe he should be casted a lot more often, right? But I think it's because he's taken a stance on certain things, mm-hmm. and he's he's drawn the line in his own life, and then he's lost friends because of it, right? And that's just going to happen. Like it's, and and I don't know, I don't know him personally, you know, so I don't know everything in his life or anything like that. But it's just like you see that as soon as people start drawing lines, they start losing opportunities, you know. And I mean, thank the Lord that there's a there's a lot of Christian filmmakers and directors and writers that are, you know, being raised up in this, this day that they're going to change things, right? Like, I honestly believe that we're going to see so many more opportunities for Christian uh, people to be in the entertainment industry because of that. But at the same time, you know, there's this line that gets drawn and the world is only going to accept so much as soon as you take your stance on something that they're not taking a stance on, like they're going to push back. This is what James says. He says, and now this is harsh. Okay. This is pretty harsh. Um, uh, language here, but it, but it's a warning, and this is not this is not for everybody. But it's a warning of where we can go when we fall in love with the idea that we always have to get the world to like us. We all, mm-hmm. everyone always has to like us, right? Like as Christians, the world's not going to like you. Jesus said, you know, like uh, they hated me, they're going to hate you too. You know, like I'm just warning you. Um, now that doesn't mean you, you get them to not like you on purpose, but you know what I mean? All right. He he says, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? What is he saying here? He's saying, he's not telling you not to go befriend somebody. He's telling you don't compromise for the sake of that friendship, right? Don't compromise to, to, for, to make them like you and, and to, to look good in everybody's eyes. And then he, he says, therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And it's because there's a difference of opinion. You know, there's God's opinion versus the ruler of the air, you know, of the the air, the the ruler of this world, the devil. There's this this difference of opinion here uh, on everything, right? And then verse 5, Or do you you think that the Scripture says to no purpose, He jealously desires the Spirit whom He has made to dwell in us. But, I love this, in in the middle of this harsh, seemingly harsh passage, passage, there's this amazing promise here. But He gives a greater grace... Therefore, it says, why, why does he give a greater grace? It's because we need it. We need it. When you take a stand and you're, you know, maybe your career is at risk because you've taken a stand for what's right. You need it. You need a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That same childlike place of God. I, I am not strong enough to make it through this. I don't know how to respond, but God is going to help me. And he's actually going to, a lot of times, he's just going to move things around for you 
Uh, verse 7 says, Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and he will, he will come close to you. Mm. Okay, so... Uh, oh, and then here we go. Yeah. Uh, cleanse, you hand, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord. He will exalt you. So is it telling you to be miserable all the time? No, it, but it's saying if you're in this place, you need, you know, like uh, we were talking about like the weighed down heart earlier, right? Like, like if you're mm-hmm. in this place where you know you've compromised and you know you've given yourself over to something because you want to appease the world, right? He's saying, no, that's the moment where you need to humble yourself and you need to say, hey, I am going to repent and I'm going to say, hey, I'm sorry. And I'm going to make this a moment of letting God fix what's in my heart. But here's the amazing thing about it is it says, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. You know, uh, Psalms chapter three, the Lord is the lifter of my head. It's not saying like, oh, if you're a Christian, you're not going to, you can't have any more joy. You got to be miserable and mourn all the time. No, it's saying the source of your joy, if, if you try to get that joy from something else, uh, you, need to, you need to stop trying to get your joy there because God wants to give you the joy that you need. He wants to That's bring right. that into your life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times he will use good things in order to do that. But God wants to be the one that's doing that. He wants to be the one that's orchestrating that. And he absolutely can and he absolutely will do that when we resist the devil when we submit ourselves to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus also says in life, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Yeah. So that's good news, you know? Yeah. It's really good news. And Jeff, I, I I don't have a lot of time today, so I'm going to have to jump off and I want to pray before I do that. Please. Yeah. Um, But This is what I sense the Lord saying. I, I want to share this first because I feel like the Lord wants me to. Um, there are some people who you've your heart has been weighed down specifically over the last several years because of what the devil's been doing in culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this idea of, well, we don't have the means to fight back because he's working, pulling so many strings and doing so many things. And there's almost like this hopelessness that's that's arisen in your heart. Yeah. And the Lord is saying, that's not from me, mm. and it's not good for you, and it's hurting you. And it's listen, it's not your fault that it's there. It's the world that we live in. But the Lord wants to strip that out of your heart. He wants to pull that out of your heart, and, and he wants to bring healing to that area of your life. And he wants to put this supernatural faith. You know, a lot of times people will say, well, you just got to have faith, right? You know, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that word is a, it's an utterance there. It's, it's the Holy Spirit encouraging you and saying, you're not done. Like, I'm not done. Like, I've got an army, uh, an angel army all around this. And, and you, just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it's over, right? Like, I haven't even played my hand yet. And it's I good. hear the Lord saying that for so many good. people listening. I mm. haven't even played my hand yet. This is a season of restoration. This is a season season of, of cleansing in a lot of ways. But that cleansing is a good thing, and it comes a lot more naturally than you would think when you're just sitting and waiting in my presence. Mm. And it's an easy thing when you're submitting and, and you're releasing things to me. But at the same time, it's going to be a season of returning to joy and restoring the joy that was lost and the joy that was so taken. Good. And the fears that have, you know, and I'm just seeing this like heap of uh, there's just like heap, right? Like so many things piled up that's weighing something down, right? And and covering something up. 
And I just sense the Lord saying the fears that have weighed you down because of what's taking place in this culture and specifically in this nation for those that are in this nation or that are following the events in this nation. Mm. The Lord is saying those fears, I want to strip those off of you. Wow. You're going to watch those things burn. And the thing that I was seeing was the, these, the thing that piled up are these rags. That's what I'm seeing, are these rags. And I'm, you know, and I'm thinking, Lord, there could be a better uh, illustration for something that's weighing you down, right? But the Lord is saying they really don't have a lot of weight to them, but there's so many piled up that it's become a great weight in some people's that's lives. Good. And the Lord is saying you're going to watch these things burn. You're going you're gonna to sit there and you're going to enjoy the fire, the, the bonfire, when I pile these things up and I burn them in front of you. Wow. Yeah. That's what God is able to do. What, mm. do, what do we see? Uh, you know, when uh, the servant says, you know, to the prophet, like, hey, um, <laughs> we're going to die, right? There's an, there's an army surrounding the city. We're, we're all going to die. And, and, he, and he says, Lord, open his eyes. And the Lord opens the servant's eyes and he sees this army of fiery angel, this, this army of fiery chariots around the city, you know, and the Lord is saying, there are more that are for you than are against you. You just, you, you haven't seen it yet. Mm, don't, so don't look at the enemy. Don't look at what the enemy is doing. Look at what God is saying. And then you're going to see what God is doing. Mm, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, why don't you pray, pray for those people really quick, just in, as yeah. we close this out. Yeah. Let me pray. And then, uh, and then we'll, and we'll finish. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your grace today, Lord, that the hearts that have been weighed down, they get to be lifted right now because of your presence, because of your gentleness, because of your humility, Jesus. You said you are are humble, you're gentle in heart, Lord, and I just thank you that that gets to be uh, multiplied in our, our hearts, Lord, that your joy, the joy set before you is the reason you endured the cross, that you want to give that same joy to us, Lord, that same freedom, that same strength, Lord, that it's, it's not our strength, God, but it's yours because we have the same Holy Spirit living inside of us. There's this endless well of joy that you have for your people, Lord, and I just ask that you would release that right now, just the anointing of joy over your people right now, the presence of of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. Lord, I ask that things would begin to change tonight. Lord, the specific prayer requests that people are praying for. And I'm, and I'm only praying that because I sense that from the Lord to say that. But, but that things would begin to change tonight, that people would see signs and wonders of you moving, God. That you would remind your people today that you have not forgotten about the thing that's been weighing on their heart. You have not missed it. You've not overlooked one thing. You have not forgotten about them, Lord. And I believe that with all my heart, that you are the lifter of our heads, that you are the one uh, that exalts us when we humble ourselves, Lord, that you are the one that, that is turning things around and you are still going to change things. And you are, we are still going to see the, the uh, righteous reigning. We are still going to, to laugh with the joy of the Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for the signs and wonders that you are performing in people's lives today and this week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Something that I just want to point out that you said really quick, just as we're closing out, is some of you guys maybe need to write this. I don't know if you journal or you can put it on a post-it note on your mirror or something, but it's something specifically, Troy, that you said. You said, I hear God saying, I haven't even played my hand yet. Mm. And I just felt this surge of just in the spirit of so many people's just were like, it's like drawing a full breath for the first time when you've been, you know, taking in a bunch of shallow breaths. It's just like, 
like this sigh of relief. It's like God is bigger. And yeah, yeah, I haven't even played my hand yet. So good. And then the other thing too, hearts will soar. So what you're saying is you do feel like at the, towards the, the end of the year, there's going to be maybe something that happens that kind of marks this. And obviously I would imagine for some people, maybe that's not the thing that marks it for them, but God is breathing new life into people and, and a fresh, fresh wind. Um, so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely Jeff. Yeah. And I think that, you know, heart soaring, it, it, it could specifically refer to good news, you know, like that idea of, um, good news, like hearing good news about this subject specifically. Yeah. But yes, even more than that, you know, it's not, that's not, that's not the only thing God is saying. A lot of times he'll use one specific thing as an example or an illustration of what he's doing. And this is what I believe he's doing in the hearts of believers right now. Mm. So. All right. So everybody, this is also a thing where we engage our faith. For those of you who are new to prophecy, we have to engage our faith. We, we, we choose to, we stand with this. Okay. This is something that the Lord has said. All right, Lord. And then we ask how we can be a part of this, but also pray into it. Um, and, uh, that's the important thing with prophecy too, is it's not, you know, obviously they're going to be more anyways, that's a whole different subject. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. I don't want to go to rabbit trail cause you're sensitive for time, but Troy, dude, thank you so much. Um, you know, I always love having you on the show and you know, the words you release, all that great stuff. So, um, obviously everybody links are in the description to all of the places you can follow him, of which there are many and they're all fun and great and good stuff. So, um troy thank you so much man thank you jeff appreciate it man absolutely so everybody that's our show have a blessed weekend uh tune in on monday we've got demonte edmonds on we're gonna be talking about dreams you guys love talking about dreams we're gonna be talking about dreams so uh that's on monday at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time we love you guys and we'll see you on monday okay bye this has been elijah fire thanks for listening For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.